Yo, like that mama era was like, I just remember where I was at the time. Mm -hmm. I was in college. It helped me through this. And a lot of our experiences with music and how we digest music is based on the experiences that we're going through at the time. The One More Time Music Podcast. Genuine conversations with genuine people about music. Hosted by Henry with a three and Playback Ben. We're from Bimo Coops to Pizza. Somewhat distant is a party one more time. Party one more time. Party she like one more time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another episode of the One More Time Podcast. One more time. I'm your host, Playback Ben, here with my co-host. Henry with a three, because numbers are cooler than letters. Why not? Fair enough. Henry, who do we have on the podcast today, my friend? Welcoming in on the One More Time Podcast today, we have DJ Drama. Let's go. DJ Drama in the house. (laughs) I love your mixtapes, man. Where he at, though? Yeah. (laughs) No. That's uh, you've fallen victim to our classic intro roasts. So oh, okay. Apologies for that. No, no, I respect that. Uh, you know? I've gotten that before. Um, <laughs> finally, finally. Sometimes he says lookalikes that or no off. one's ever gotten. No, DJ in Drama's there. Uh, somebody told me I look like an obese. Um, <laughs> um, I've I've lost a little weight since then, but I, they said I look like obese Swiss Beats. Oh wow! Oh, so I got that before. Uh, DJ Khaled, of course. Sure. Um, that was Montana. That one, that Just anybody who fits the profile with the beard and, sure. and a hat. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> a beard and a hat. So thanks, the bar man. Was like, yeah. So good job, Henry. Yeah, but who is this really, Ben? Three and a half gold stars for you. This is legendary recording artist here from the east side of Atlanta. We got Mr. Faye. What's Welcome going on, to fellas? the show. What's going on? We appreciate you coming out, man. Of course, man. Thank you, Faye. My pleasure. Yeah. Of course. We're going to dive right in. So yeah. you are first generation American, right? Yes, sir. So where did your parents immigrate from? Uh, they immigrated from, is it migrated or immigrated? Same? That's a good question. What's the difference? I don't know. I was Migration. looking for Faye to answer that one. Oh, shit. <laughs> Look, the, they immigrated from uh, Palestine. Um, or, they were, they, or migrated. Yeah, or migrated. <laughs> they were Palestinian refugees, and then uh, they were uh, relocated to Jordan. And then from Jordan, my dad came here at 19. Went back home after like 32, 33, and then, you know, found a found a wife. And those are my parents. So what kinds of things would you say you've learned from, you know, your parents' immigrant story? I'll kind of wake up in the morning and be like, yo, I'm not fucking rich yet. Like, I have no excuse. My dad came out here and didn't know English, didn't have a lick of English, had no education and shit like that. 19 years old, sleeping on hummus bags. Damn. And, wow. And he made some shit, you know yeah. what I'm saying, to work for himself. And then, you know, you fast forward 20, 25 years, 30 years, I'm 30 years old now. And it's like, I know the language, I know the culture, I'm American, I was born here. And I'm just like, so what the hell is my excuse? You know what I'm saying? So um, I learned that that they have way more resolve than I think, you know, first generation Americans do, including myself. Like they came in here, all the odds were stacked up against them. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? We're kind of spoon fed and, you know, being spoon fed, that's a that's subjective because some people are like, oh, if you have a silver spoon, it's like, you know, daddy buys you the big bins and the, and the Land Rover at 16. We didn't have that, but we we're spoon, spoon fed in the sense that we didn't have to worry about where we were going to stay month to month. You know? Yep. And so you were a pretty smart guy, are a pretty smart guy. You ended up becoming valedictorian at your uh, university. Who told you Is that? Is that correct? Yeah. And Which, by right, the way, what is that university? Georgia, Georgia State. State. Shout out the Panthers. Shout out Panthers. I've got like six more classes if I ever want to go back to finish. Yep, hey, st- man. <laughs> hey, look, if you're not taking out any loans and breaking your back on on debt, go back and finish that shit. Just I'm going to do it one day, for your, bro. For your, for your parents, at least. Yeah, my bring, dad would Bring that it. expensive 
expensive piece ass of piece paper. of paper back home, man. <laughs> expensive <laughs> ass piece of paper. <laughs> but but so were you always into school? No, nah, I, I just I wasn't into school when I when I became valedictorian. Okay, wow, I'm um, just not into school. Bruh. Yeah, I'm in, <laughs> I got some new uh, sound effects. Um, <laughs> he's very. I, proud I've of always him. been good at school. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. Uh, high school was like a 3.9, but it wasn't something that I was like passionate about. I wouldn't go home and be like, I have to study for this algebra test. It was just regurgitation. The school system is all about memorization. And yeah. I think I've just been blessed with a, a slightly above average uh, memory skill, I guess. So it wasn't challenging. Yeah, it didn't feel like that. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I, I graduated valedictorian. Wow. It was really cool. I got off the stage. I remember my mom hugging me and being like, uh, I'm still not impressed. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> I'll slap you. You didn't even graduate. <laughs> I will slap my mom, clearly. But it was just like, you didn't even graduate college. But that's another one of those things. That they really came here and set us up and, you know, gave us that stepping stone. They might have not went to college, but they gave us that stepping stone to actually go out and go to college. And uh, I randomly got valedictorian. Random. (laughs) It was random. They just Uh, drew drew your name out of a hat. It was a a 4.21 GPA. All my homies were like, bro, we were doing shows at Apache and shit every weekend. Like, when the fuck did you study? And I was like, the night before, man. So, So multiple people called you a class clown. Do you feel like you had class clown tendencies? Yeah, I was a dickhead. Because it wasn't up. just one person. There, there's a couple people that unanimously unanimously there you go. voted you a, a class clown. Yeah, I was a dickhead growing up. A dickhead growing <laughs> yeah. up. Do you think you still have class clown tendencies today? Absolutely, man. I don't know. I just get a kick out of it. And it's more so for me now instead of like my classmates. Just, like, just making yourself laugh. <laughs> yeah. Just being in a situation, I could be trolling someone. They don't have no idea, but it's making me, uh, it's, it's giving me entertainment. So that's yeah. like, I'm kind of just naturally just trying to make light of a situation because the world is fucking it's dark know, right place. Now. It's dark yeah. as hell right yeah. now. So, so Kalechi, who goes on to be a collaborator of yours, he was a friend of yours. He even has a bar, I'm pretty sure, in, in your last song with him about you guys being class clowns. So that's how kind of you guys- On will, yeah. I, I would say, you know, kind of found each other, right? You're both kind of goofing off and, you know, had that class clown mentality. You guys end up starting a rap group together. Yeah. Early on. What was the rap group name? <laughs> the Standard. The Standard. Yeah. Can we yeah. find any standard tracks out there today? I hope not. <laughs> Nothing uh, on MySpace. Did you God forbid. Try and wipe that from the uh, SoundCloud. God forbid. Interwebs. Maybe on Bandcamp or something like that. Bandcamp. But I mean, it was a MySpace. Ne- it was a necessary process, though. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna tell people. How so? Like, um, we really challenged each other to get better. You know, friendly competition. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. we really challenged each other without envy, without any of that shit. But Kalechi is like the OG in this music shit. Like, yeah. he was doing shit at 13, 14 years old before the plug and play um, audio uh, equipment was out. Mm-hmm. Like you actually had to have a desktop and like the actual hardware for to record yourself. It's not like today. And um, I just remember that being super cool. Like he would chop beats up and samples and stuff. And it was during like Kanye's trilogy, like the glory years. Um, graduation. Graduation, late registration, yeah. Chop out, yeah. Um, and he would just sample stuff, and I'm like, yo, nobody was doing it at that time. So, yeah. you know, you had the standard rap group. Were you rapping under the name Pharaoh at that time, or did yeah. you? Yeah, tell tell us what what was what was the the concept behind that? Or like, I was you know just, I mean? what was the? I was just a lame. Because you're not Egyptian. Like, I'm not. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But it was one of those That'd things. Be where it was just like, yeah, it'd be it'd be <laughs> racist. Kidding. I mean, 
I expect nothing less in this situation right now. <laughs> White people are just accidentally racist. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying? So we really don't mean it. Can't fault us. Most of us. Some of us mean it, not us. Yeah. We I definitely do. don't. We can't speak on behalf of our people. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. You just got to check them sometimes. <laughs> yes. But um, yeah, man, I was just, it was just one of those things where I wanted to be the Arab rapper and it was just like one of these gimmicky ass, like, I'm a, ah, you know, okay. a la- I'm the magic carpet r- rapper. Look at me. Like oh, I smoke kuka and drink. And it was one of those situations. And I realized like, it was like, yo, that's just really, uh, really gimmicky. You know what I'm saying? And Pharaoh was just an Egyptian. Like, that's just what you think about when you think about like Hollywood and, and how Arabs look, you just kind of go to like movies like the mummy returns and shit so mm-hmm. it was really just a very bad uh it was it was not tasteful at all it was just bad taste being yeah. young immature and um i realized that i had a lot more to offer than just being a gimmicky arab rapper i'm just a i'm a i'm an artist who happens to be arab if yeah. that makes sense for sure you know but you got faith from pharaoh I got Faye from Ferris. That's my that's my uh, government name. Oh wow! Like Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Um, and uh, my homies used to say like, you know how they call Jay Z Jay and Kanye Yay? People would just call me Faye randomly. Yeah. And I was like, yo, that shit has a ring to it. Let's just let's rock with it. Yeah. And it stuck. Yeah. So was uh was Mama your first full length project under Faye? Which, uh, by the way, yeah. Which right dope, fun, crazy jacket. Yeah. Shameless man, I've had this jacket since 2016. Oh, that's I lost hard. a little bit of weight. Got it from Still, the fucking uh, like from under perfect. my bed, and I was like, "Yo, this shit kind of fit now." It's, yeah, need about ten more pounds, yeah. and it'll be in there right. There so, so was that the first full length project under the name Faye? Yeah, yeah, that was the first uh, full length under Faye. Okay. Um, a lot of people, I just posted something on Instagram that like had kind of like the eras of Faye, like the six albums or six projects I put out, and a lot of people are like, "Yo, like Mama was a different, that was a different era." Like, mm. I was like, "Which one's your favorite era?" And I always want people to be like. The latest era, of course. Yeah, exactly. But you don't get to choose that. And people did. Some people did, which is amazing. And uh, But I don't know. Like uh, A lot of people are just like, yo, like that mama era was like, I just remember where I was at the time. Mm-hmm. I was in college. It helped me through this. And a lot of our experiences with music and how we digest music is uh, based on the experiences that we're going through at the time. Yeah, and that's what happens with a lot of successful artists. It's like they make these these projects and then they go on to make more projects after they found success. And it's like, well, now their life is like touring and like spending money and doing photo shoots and it's completely different. So when they go to write a song, the material's not the same. So the music is naturally gonna be a little different. So we, we talked about that before. It's an interesting topic. Yeah, I, I saw a tweet the other day that said, I think they were uh, referencing uh, Donda and uh, CLB, Certified Lover Boy. And yeah. they were just like, I'd, this one girl on Twitter, she was just like, I don't think it's possible for super rich people to make interesting albums. Interesting. And I was like, you know what? That's a good take. Yeah. So speaking of kind of being in a certain place to write great music, you had taken a pretty long break for, or a break from music prior to dropping Mama, right? Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. so tell us about the space you were in I that was made a, you want to take a break from music. I was, yeah, I had just graduated. Um, and for people who, know, who just graduate, you know what I'm saying, that's when they kind of get thrown into the fire. That's kind of when life really starts. Because mm-hmm, like yeah. when before you graduate, 
there's always a next step. Like from fifth grade, you go into middle school into sixth grade, right? And then from eighth grade, you go into high school and ninth grade, twelfth grade, you graduate. Then you do four years of it, you kind of have a structured life. Yeah. Then after you graduate, it's kind of they throw you out to the wolves, what bro. You doing and now? just like, yo, what the fuck you gonna do? Like <laughs> there's no more structure. Yeah. So I kinda um I, I took it upon myself, um, you know, at the time my pops needed help at the restaurants and stuff like that. And I was, I was holding it down for him for two, three years and I was doing nothing creatively and really just really took a toll on my mental and shit like that. And I was just like, yo, like I need to do something creative, even if I'm not putting it out. Yeah. And then Kalechi came through one day and I was like, yo, I need to record this joint. And, um, and it turned into two records, three, four, and those, the therapy sessions, you know what I'm saying? Or studio sessions, yeah. which were therapy mm-hmm. sessions, turned into what mama is today. And I was just like, oh, I, I got to do this shit. Like, you know, so I saw the I saw the feedback. I saw the, you know, people really coming out to shows, not even like social media feedback. Like when you see, when you have a show, and even if it's a three, 400 cap and it, sell, and it sells out and you see the faces and you shake the hands, you're like, oh, people are impacted by this and I have a responsibility, so... Yeah. Yeah. So, there's a there's a theme too of the whole making music as therapy thing. We've had a you know, not everyone on the show is an artist, but the artists that we've had on, I feel like we almost always touch on that, how it's so therapeutic to really get your feelings and ideas out into like a tangible, digestible kind of form. That's really cool. It's so hard to put it into a and there's yeah. I don't think a lot of artists get enough credit to put their their pain or their feelings into song form and not just song form but a digestible song form right. to where there's a hook right and there's a structure to it and people are like yo this is hitting me that's fucking hard to do man right. so shout out to anybody doing that yeah i mean we talked to an a and r for danny wolf's imprint chaos club mm-hmm. his name's jack mumford he was on uh episode 15 16, 16. yeah 16 he talked about how he manages producers but he's also head of a and r at danny wolf's you know label he talked about the differences between, you know, producers and artists. And the biggest thing was that like, you know, Henry mentioned when he makes a beat, he's not necessarily so vulnerable that he's pouring his whole life into that beat for people to listen to. But you kind of hit the nail on the head of like, you're fucking talking about some real shit as an artist sometimes. And I mean, it gets real intimate and vulnerable in the session. And then of course, post-release, I mean, your life is out there for people to, you know, either once again, relate to judge, maybe, you know, there, it's a lot of vulnerability the words that goes are, into it. The words that you choose are a little more specific than which snare I choose. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But at the same time, there's a lot of people who, uh, a lot of producers I know who are married to snares. I mean, Kanye on Stronger, I don't know if you saw that interview, but he literally had to fly, um, he had to fly Timbaland out to the studio to pick a snare to pick a snare he had to bring his snare pack it was just like i can't find the right shit snares was, are the fucking worst bro, i just want to say that right Timberland now Timberland was going through like, a, like his whole dictionary of snares he flew him out bro that is <laughs> incredible and he was just like that's the one like when he played just played that's a random it. ass snare and i was just like what i'm gonna skip ahead a little bit fast forward to bake sale there's somewhat of a connection between bake sale and your family business or your parents family business right yeah. From a concept Yeah, from a concept uh, perspective and from an entrepreneurship perspective. Yes, yeah, so and tell from, people kind of what the, the connections are. So and I, what's the business? Um, so Bake Sales is turned into a kind of like a, I don't even want to say a lifestyle brand, but it's, you know, the merch, the experience. We had a pop-up at Sublime. It, just seeing that whole world, I think that 
that uh, situation and that pop-up really just, um, I think it really showed exactly what I was trying to do with Bake Sale um, in terms of like all, using all the senses, you know, taste, smell, hearing, uh, touch, you know, with the merch and stuff like that. And people came in and really bought into the world. Like everybody showed up with their bake sale merch and everybody went inside and bought the, you know, the actual donut, which actually had like a edible topper of me on it. People wow. eating it. That's yeah, the shit was tight, man. Yeah. This shit, That's hard. It was really dope. And wow. shout out to Kamal, you know what I'm saying? The the shout owner. Out. Yeah, shout out to Kamal, the owner of, of, of Subline. But yeah. um, yeah, man, just seeing my dad start his uh, Mediterranean Grill from from scratch. Shout out uh, Med Grill, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. Had plenty of food from Med Grill. Gyro and potatoes is a killer combo, man, mm. with the tzatziki sauce. I saw my dad literally yep. take a leap of faith. We lived in Chicago in like a fucking 400 square foot. It was pro- the house was probably as big as his garage. I'm not going to lie. Two bedrooms. It was eight of us sometimes with my grandparents and one bathroom. And when you had to yeah. take a shit in the morning, you had to time it, bro. Like everybody's cycle was like... Already, like, our bodies already trained to Like themselves. clockwork? Yeah, yeah, like, my brother would take a shit at, like, 6.30. I was at 6.40. My grandma at <laughs> 6.50. Like, it was just our bodies knew already because there was nowhere else to go, man. But um, my dad t- took that leap of faith, sold the house, and was just like, yo, like, I made, you know, I have good recipes. He was actually a chef, you know what I'm saying? Like, culinary. He's, he was big on the culinary arts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And he was like, I could bring this Mediterranean concept to Atlanta because... They don't have something like that right now. So I saw him, you know, take that leap of faith. He had four kids and a wife and really had no money to his name and took that leap of faith and was like, yo, I'm going to build this concept that I believe in wholeheartedly brick by brick. And the stakes for him to fail were way bigger than the stakes for me to fail at bake sale. Right. Yeah. Um, but um, he did it. There you but, go. but you probably treated it like the stakes were I equally did. high. Right. I did. And you, I think that's probably what's made you. You have to you have to treat um, every situation, even if you have a backup plan or a safety net. You have to treat treat it as if it's, it's the not only, there. Yeah, because anytime something doesn't go your way, it's so easy. Well, I got that other shit yeah. I could work on. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Fuck that. I'm just gonna quit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I did treat bake sale like it was uh, like I was actually actually opening a, a bakery. Yeah. Um, and that and the stakes were equally as high as your dad coming in and opening a Mediterranean grill. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So plan we, B's can almost be toxic in a way. No, he's he's actually a hundred percent right. Yeah. yeah. You got a plan B. I mean, you know what I'm saying? If I'm thinking this whole time, well, if bake sale doesn't work in this music shit, nobody streams my music, I'll just go make falafel at my dad's restaurant. Right. Mm, <laughs> like it's just like, come yeah. on, dog. Like yeah. <laughs> like it's, and as much as my dad, if, if it was up to my dad, I'd be in that motherfucker right now with the apron in the trenches, mm-hmm. whipping up hummus. So I know this is like <laughs> picking your favorite child as an artist, but what's one of the the favorite records off of Bake Sale? I'd like to play a little snippet. Which which song would you like to play? Man, it was a uh, as an artist, and I'm sure you know about this. I don't know if you've been in a lot of studio sessions, but I have. A lot of people think that when you're in a studio session and you're making a record that it's just like this magical situation. It's actually really plain sometimes. <laughs> like it did, honestly, sometimes it feels like work. Oh yeah. The magic happens after the record usually. Yeah. And when you see people receive it. There's very few times in the studio, at least with me, where you just feel something there. There's a connection. The engineer is synced. Me and the engineer are synced. My engineer is Kalechi, by the way. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, we don't even speak. 
it's just it's just going it's happening and then it kind of not to sound too artsy but it creates itself at the end you're like when the fuck did this happen yeah. you know them situations 100%. and then there's sometimes where you're fighting for every like the snare or yeah it's just that technical shit oh it's the, take one, this it's breath the ones out. where you're like slow exactly yeah, yeah. like there's we, we've, we've had sessions where it's like the artist literally can't get this one word correct or like he'll it's you a know, bad sign yeah it's it's no, when but, you it's when you black out and you wake up and the song's done those are usually the songs. Those are the magical yeah. uh, scenarios. So which song is that for you? Which one are you? Are you uh, probably Everyday People. How long is the flow gonna last? The fofo blast, the popo on my ass. And I'm staying in my lane for the show to pass. I'm feeling like Jermaine Dupree and this is so, so deaf. I don't roll so many flows, hold oh, there ain't nothing left. I'm just here to do you right like I can't go left. I would die for my people, man, I love them to death. I pray the ops gotta clean up the mess, you little bitch. <laughs> So that was a snippet from Everyday People off of Bake Sale by Faye. Your songs have streamed very well. I mean, for an independent artist, you're streaming very, very well. Would you agree? 11 M's. Yeah. That's no <laughs> fucking joke. 11 mils. They call me, they call me eight figure Faye. Eight figure Faye. I love Sheesh. it. So, but in the grand scheme of things, 11 million, 11 million in the grand scheme of things is like what Drake does in like, a, fucking, a second in like nah. the first hour of like, CLB. Yeah, like the two, 12 hours, like the, the first two hours or 30 <laughs> minutes of CLB, 12 million. That's my career stats right there. But yeah. that's Drake though. You know what I'm saying? You're putting yourself in the, in, you know, in his company. In yeah, that way. yeah, yeah. Like you're competing with Drake. You're not competing yeah. with, you and, know. But that's essentially, that's what you're doing. Like they say that it's like tens of thousands of records are uploaded on Spotify a week. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. A week. Yeah. Essentially you are competing against Drake. Yeah. What yeah. makes what would make somebody um, listen to me over Drake? It's the fact that they like the song better, because I'm not as accessible as Drake. You go on rap caviar, or, yeah. or hip hop controller and shit like that. Drake is gonna dominate those charts. Lil yeah. Baby are, is gonna dominate the charts. You have to actually you are you are going against them. That is your competition. You're going against a corporate giant, yeah. and uh, that's why. There's a stat at the end of every uh, every year on Spotify. I'm not sure if you guys know. Yeah, oh, but yeah. Um, for artists, your sure, year wrapped. Yeah, your 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 year wrapped. That's my favorite shit, right? Because yeah. it really it's a, an evaluation of your business, uh -huh. especially if you're indie. Yeah, just shows you, yo, did we grow this year? Did we stay stagnant, or did we just fucking flop? And uh, I'm 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 proud to say that year to year we've seen gradual growth. But um, there's this one stat that says. X amount of people listen to you more than any other artist in the year. Love that one. Incredible. Or 2021. Yeah. And I remember it starting off the first year, 20 people. Second year, 80. Third year, 300. Fourth year, 700. And, you know, we're in the fifth year right now. I'm just like, there's 700 people on this earth who played me more than Anyone. Every, any fucking artist on the earth. It's got to feel incredible. Magical. I need to find those people because they could fund <laughs> yeah. my whole life forever. <laughs> yeah. Be like, hey, man, let me Literally. just sell shit to you. I'm just going to make music for y'all, man. You know, the law of a thousand super fans, if you have a thousand people who are super fans and they buy your merch and they go to your shows and they stream your music, you can make a hundred grand a year just off of them. You're already at over 700 now, so you're like you're about there, man. You, you know can, what I'm saying? So, what do you think it is about your music that connects with people? Um, I think it's that that bounce, that nostalgia, um, the fact that um, I come from uh, just you know 
very distinct cultures. I come from, you know, Arab parents, Muslim background, uh, but I also from East Atlanta, born in Chicago. I got homies from Toronto. I think a lot of people um, resonate with the fact that maybe I'm, you know, racially ambiguous. But aside from all that extra shit and the gimmicky stuff, like of where I'm from and, and what city I'm from and stuff, I think the music just genuinely has a really feel good sound yeah. um, in terms of the samples, the nostalgia, the bounce, uh, the flow, the melody. It's really good music. Um, thanks, yeah. man. For I real. appreciate that. I'm serious, bro. man. I listen to a lot I of re- music. I really, I really appreciate that, man. And it's kind of my take on, on what I want to hear. So like, not on, not a, on a, in an unbiased way or whatever, but sometimes like I, I have a playlist with, you know, if, if it's a 40 songs, I have a playlist with four or five of my records on there just because yeah. that's what I want to hear at the time. You know what I'm saying? And I do that with everything I do. Um, if I put out a merch design, would yeah. I wear this jersey? Would I oh, wear this oh. hoodie? Would I wear this hat? Is this quality? Would I buy this if I saw it in the store? Brutal honesty. Things. Those are things you got to ask yourself. Would I listen to this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Would I listen to this in, uh, when I'm out? Or like, would I listen to this passively or would I actively go and if, you know, search for this type of music? And those are the things you got to ask yourself before you create anything. Would I, would I consume it? Yeah. So Major no, key. Yo, on the One More Time that's, podcast. That's when major feel, key alert. When we feel like an artist has <laughs> dropped a gem like that, we like to one more to- one hit him with the one, one more time. time. Sum that up. That, Give it, for the people that weren't listening the first time, please just say that one more time. One more time. I forgot people. what I fucking said, but. <laughs> this happens all the time because he does a whole spiel about what the one more time thing means. Oh, uh, I, for, I forgot exactly what I said. Hold on, G. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Turn that shit off. Um, I said, basically, you got to keep in mind when creating, you got to keep in mind what I consume this product that I'm making. And that's it. That's as simple as it is, man. Oh, you can't I, lie I to yourself, I knew he'd come bro. through. I, I knew, knew you know I knew what I'm saying? Of it. course, man. <laughs> I knew I added the Jeopardy theme music <laughs> That shit was today that shit was a for a reason. <laughs> that shit was nerve-wracking. <laughs> Were you as soon as I heard that music, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely Yeah, yeah, I'm fucking hot. Yeah. So, so other than streaming <laughs> success, because you've definitely, for an independent artist, you've streamed very well. Like I said, w- what have been some of your other favorite accomplishments? So some of my, accompli- the best accomplishments that I've had are most memorable are like the intangible ones. Yeah. Like mm. what? When, you, when, when somebody DMs you and says, hey man, I was going through a really rough spot and you kind of like, and I know it sounds dramatic, but I've, I've had people come up to me like, oh, you saved my life. And I think that's a dramatic take on that. Because, you know... With how the, powerful is that, man? It, it, it honestly makes me almost uncomfortable because it's just like, damn, man, I had that fucking responsibility. Yeah. You didn't I mean, even and now know. I got to maintain this <laughs> shit? Like, yeah, I better make sure the next one doesn't you know make him feel the opposite. <laughs> motherfucker jumps off a cliff yeah. because I drop a flop-ass album. Oh, I don't oh want that God. responsibility. The pressure is real. You yeah. feel me? The Jesus. pressure is real. Um, I don't want that. But uh, yeah, man, um, I remember just people... Sometimes it's uncomfortable, but... Um, it is one of those situations that the, the best situations are the intangible ones. Seeing people at a show and seeing people travel. Um, There's one time at the pop-up, this group of girls, it was four, it was four girls from Minnesota. They drove 14 hours to, to come to the pop-up. It's incredible. And those are the moments that it's better than any fucking write-up. It's better than any type of stream number. Any yeah. type of Spotify playlist. Yeah. We've been on the Spotify playlist. Even those don't amount to like, you know, 
firsthand four, seeing how it affects someone. Right? Four girls coming and being like, yo, we drove 14 hours to be here. Crazy. And I'm just like, yo, and then you feel like a crazy responsibility to like be super hospitable. Mm-hmm. Yo, let me buy your donuts. <laughs> let me make sure I sign everything that you bought. Uh, pictures. Sign your donut. Just, uh, yeah, sign your donut. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Shit, just, I never thought I'd hear. Yeah, let me sign your donut. <laughs> Please don't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> No, thank you. Just took her donut and put fucking Sharpie on it, and she was just like, "Yo, I'm just gonna, I'm just, I'm just gonna." You I guess know. eat it. You with can't Sharpie eat it after that. that. You, yeah. just, you just hold it. She just holds it. She just yeah. frames it, and uh, but um, yeah, it was one of those situations, man. I think those are the best. I mean, we've been on Fader, um, uh, we've been on the you know High Snobiety, all these blogs mm-hmm. and stuff, and that's cool, right, for a resume builder, but it doesn't really yield uh, as much as people think it does. It's just like, oh, you got on fade Yeah, it definitely doesn't charge you back up, right? Like, I mean, the the experience you're talking about, that would probably make you want to jump right in the fucking studio and make the next... Yeah, I got to make an... Yeah, I want to make another album now. That like, makes people feel... And that makes yeah. people drive cross-country or whatever, you know, from Minnesota down here, like... That's awesome. Exactly. When they came and they're like, we came from Minnesota, I was like, yo, y'all are fucking tripping. Yeah. Like, I wasn't even like, oh, like, you know what I'm saying? I, I wouldn't have come to see me. <laughs> yeah. For 14 hours, bro. That's a. So you mentioned, you know, you're not signed. You don't have a label. I don't think you have a manager even. Nah. You don't have. I come in with the shooters, man. Yeah. You come in with the squad and that's about it. So, you know, doing this. <laughs> I'm sure you have people that, you know, help with this, help with that, you know, because, you know, you maybe don't do every single thing, but you're clearly the quarterback of this of this operation. What's it like kind of handling things, you know, solo dolo, if you will? So a lot of people like whenever I drop like I'm big on aesthetics, too, you know, what I'm saying like design and and things of that nature. But I'm going to tell you a secret. Well, it's not a secret. I don't know how to do shit like um, like. I don't know how to do this shit, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like You're winging it. I know. I'm, I'm winging it, and I'm like, yo, I, this is the sketch, and my fucking, my drawings are terrible. They're like stick figures. But you but know exactly. There's a, but I know a great exactly. idea in there. I, I know exactly how I want it to look, and I think it's just a taste. Uh, it's just the taste factor. So me, I don't know how to engineer physically, right? I know how to stand behind the boards and be like, yo, EQ that and do this. But if somebody told me, yo, you do it, I'd be like, oh shit, this, this it's going to sound like shit. Yeah. But I know the terminology. I know the yeah. jargon. I know the shit. Um, I don't know how to draw. I don't know how to use, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a fashionista. Yeah. I don't even, like I wear the same shit like almost every day, like Adidas track pants and a mama hat and fucking... A, a jacket or Adidas track jacket. Hey, like, it looks not, good. That, that's what I'm saying. He, he wears a different black t-shirt every day, but it's still a black t-shirt. That's so. fucking tight, though. <laughs> black t-shirt <laughs> type of guy. That's what it is. Like, but Shout I don't, out NASA one time. Absolutely, man. But I, I don't know how to do any of this shit technically. The only thing I know how to technically do is rap. Yeah. Very well. And, and, and I don't even know how to read music. Um, uh, when I'm singing my melodies and shit like that, I just know if it's on key or not. That's it. Yeah. Sometimes even Kalechi, Kalechi don't know how to read music. I don't know if I'm exposing him. Well, anytime <laughs> I anytime I sing and we do a pitch correction or auto tune, we gotta go through every fucking chord in the book <laughs> and be like, okay, that's the one. Okay, it's not G minor. It's not, it's, try D minor. No, no, <laughs> maybe, exactly. Maybe literally, minor. Yeah, yeah, literally. I can help you out with that it, if you want. That's that's perfect, man. But I think it works for us because it's sure. just like it's literally based off. He of, likes the struggle. It, I, yeah. I honestly love it's it's honestly part of the process. Yeah. It's kind of like a yeah. a plug. 
and plug and play. Plug like, and you play. know what I'm saying? You it, really it, learn the notes that way. Like, oh, that note is not okay. I'm not gonna say. Oh that no, no, note. but I never learned them. I'm like, cool. That was that was G major. <laughs> G- the next. I'm like, session. yo, that was G major, and I never think about that session ever again, bro. So that's <laughs> but so, that. But so for those of you know artists out there that are trying to do things on their own right now, other than of course perfecting the music, you got to try and get better at your craft. What are some of the other things that you you know would recommend that they're doing? If you're kind of on your own. So if you're on your own own where you don't have a manager and this is designed this way because I, if, if I have a manager, I want, I want to put them in a position where they can feed their family or at least, you know, live their lifestyle. I'm in a situation where, yeah, I pay my bills off of music, but shit, I give 15% to someone. I'm <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> you feel me? And not, not to be, not to be in that situation where it's just like, oh, I'm a starving artist. Like very few artists get to the point of, supporting themselves with their art. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I was was reading this thing on Spotify and it was like, if you have like over 100,000 monthly listeners, like you're in the top 95 percentile of our, all yeah, musicians in the world. Mm-hmm. So just to think that there's only 5% of musicians that are doing better than me uh, musically in terms of like a financial number aspect Huge. is fucking insane, dog. Yeah, it's, all, it's it, such a, that's such a cool accomplishment. I'm not gonna Crushing lie. It. it is, yeah. it is, but um. Damn, what was the question? But but no, just just bringing on a team. Oh, you want okay. to be at a realistic point okay, where like so, it makes sense for you and makes sense for the the manager. Exactly. So what I would tell the people is this is I I, I often believe that this was this was written, like it was written. It was a godsend. Like that my best homie became this awesome engineer and he's a great artist and he pushed me and I pushed him and we you know kind of cultivated a, a friendship and we're in very similar parts of our careers together. So like there's very few people on this earth who understand like what we're going through. Like if someone hits you up on some bullshit or if like some, this dude one time on my Instagram, like sent me a picture of his ass cheeks spread wide open, bro, unprovoked. And Brad, nobody, Brad, <laughs> yeah, G, it's a true story, bro. It's a true story. Why are you looking at me like that? That's not me. That's not me. He, That's unprovoked. He so didn't solicit that. It's it's on one of my Instagram posts. I posted this picture and it was oh just God. like I just it was just a request and I was like, oh shit. So I talked to Kalechi and be like, hey man, this shit, this motherfucker tripping, man. Cause I <laughs> I only feel like Did I Did you send him my way, Kalechi? <laughs> I just I feel like, yo, has this ever happened to you? And I had similar situations where people will send unprovoked things or weird things. Or this is what you them. get with a hundred thousand monthly listeners. Honestly, I'm be I'm be honest with you, the listeners are cool because they can't hit you up on Spotify. True. It's when Yet. the it's when the Spotify listeners bleed Find over bleed over to the to the Ooh. to the Instagram and it's just like, "Oh, fuck, man, they yeah. found me." Cuz if it was up to me, <laughs> if it was he doesn't up to want to be found. If it was up to me, I would just have the Spotify. My Spotify numbers are the only thing I care about and even those are numbers. Even those I'm never going to be happy about. Let's so. get Faye a social media manager. <laughs> So yeah, that would need be, to deal with this bullshit. That motherfucker need whoever so that he that is needs to be can paid. Look at these pictures. <laughs> he needs to be paid big time. But no, I would say to people who are doing it on their own to find somebody who is very like minded and to grow with them. A lot of times, people try to reach up upwards on the ladder. Like, what mm-hmm. could this person is well known and well renowned in the industry? I want to work with him. It's honestly better to come up with sideways. Somebody. Go sideways. sideways. Find people on your level. Networking laterally. Laterally. Exactly. I'm big on Is that. Is that a thing? Yeah. yeah. Laterally. I'm a fucking, you see, I never heard that. And it was just like, no, yo, it's find just, we had another guest who he's a manager and he does some A&R work, but he's, he's interned for like, 
you know, Revels Group, which does like G-Easy management, tour management for Drake. He's done internships with the Blueprint Group, which is like Tez who managed Lil Wayne and whatnot. So like he's he's got people he can reach up to too, but he's the one that brought it up. Is like he's building with his peers, man. These are the guys that are going to be the the next heads of the labels, the next right. heads of the publishing companies, the next, you know, big time managers, whatever. So yeah. it's, it's and just if you cool. Ign- if you ignore the, the, the littler people and they become the guys, they're going to remember how you treated them back yeah. in the day. Absolutely, right. man. And that's also another thing, man. Treat people with respect no matter where no you matter think what. they are on on the ladder. Yes. There's a lot of people once they find out your your position, they start they start kissing your ass. Yeah. And then there's a lot of people if you're if you're lower than them, they just kind they of dismiss. brush you off. Yeah. So you really got to treat everyone and you got to invest in everyone. Not as for a, for like a not in an opportunistic way, but just in a basic human capacity, man. They're going to remember how you treated them. Anybody who comes into my to to Atlanta, to my city, who's an artist and I know them off Instagram. Yo, let me show you around, bro. Just on some basic hospitality shit. Yeah, yeah. It don't even have to be about music. Yeah, Just on yeah. some people to people stuff. And a lot of artists, they don't have an identity outside of their art and their music. Like I, I do music 5% of my life. Wow. The, t- the, the time I'm, I mean, if I were to like calculate, like the time I'm in a booth and the time I'm sending emails and dropping music and making merch and stuff, that probably constitutes five, 10% of my life. Wow. You understand? Yeah. Like, and, and a lot of artists, they just, they're consumed with just being an artist and they always want to be treated like an artist in every single fucking situation, bro. When I'm with my homies, bro, don't even, don't even bring up we don't even bring up no music. Yo, how's the, they might say, how's the music going? But they, I mean, they see it. It's just, I just want to be a person. Yeah. You know, I want to go to Stone Mountain with the homies and get healthy and you know what I'm saying? And then the art is, is what I, it's just something I do. It's just, I'm an artist, but I'm not an artist a hundred percent of the time, if that makes sense. You're a person. Yeah. yeah. So, so what can we look forward to? Are you working on a project as an artist? Might you be taking things in a completely different direction. I don't know if there's anything you want to, you know, mention that, that you're up to currently so, or kind of what, what you're working on. So I had a loose idea. I'm, I'm coming out with a deluxe album just to keep, you know what I'm saying? For the, bake sale. For bake sale. Okay, cool. Um, I'm coming out with visuals too. I just had to, I just had to lose some weight. Quarantine got me, t- took me back. <laughs> It'll I was that. big thickums, man. Well, the, but Well, those Stone Mountain hikes will definitely- uh, That's what I'm saying. Help. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I really want to get a lot of visuals um, for the, for Bake Sale, kind of create the world uh, in a visual sense as well. Not just, you know, I mean, we did it with the artwork and stuff like that and the big goods and the hoodies and stuff, but I really want to put together like a visual short film. But um, that's what I'm working on. I'm working on a deluxe, uh, three new records. It's going to be 13 tracks total. Um, and it's called Baker's Dozen. Which is okay, uh, awesome. For those who don't know, a baker's dozen is 13. thirteen. A lot of people are like, "Yeah, why the fuck are you doing that?" They're like, "One extra, bro." Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I wanted to drop, and then I was just like, "Yo, like if I keep working out, we could turn this bake sale." Because I like I did this thing on Instagram where I was just like, "Yo, y'all don't know what it takes. I gained fifty pounds for this rollout just so I could play the fucking baker." But it was really because I was just being a lazy fuck. You feel me? But, Perspective. Um, yeah, you know, you self-awareness. It's kind of like you know how how actors gain weight to play a role. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I did this. Like I did this for y'all, but yeah. it was just me just being a fat fuck. And I was just like, "Yo, if I lose this shit." I come out with some like kale sale or like salad bar or something like that. Oh, and I just come out with, 
somebody was like salad bars, bro. And I was just like, nah. I kind of like it. I don't Sa- know. Salad bars is salad cool. Bars. It's a really cool pun. But then there's a it's fine line between, uh, you know, corny and uh, tasteful. And uh, I don't is, know. If it's I straddling could, the line. Yeah. I don't know if I have another like super theme like in me, like in the next year. So I really want to still play on the bake sale world. I feel cool. like it hasn't done everything it's going to do. Cool. And uh, yeah, I want to go ahead and create that world visually. I want to give you all these records and I just want to, you know, keep it rocking. New merch, you know, winners coming. The hoodie sold amazing. I have a, a collab tea with Chilio coming out. Not oh, sure if shout you guys out know Chilio. Chilio. Hell yeah, no Chilio. Yeah, the OG. He, he, he was like, he well. was loving that collab. Because yeah, cause yeah, Henry is big, big Chilio, big Chilio fan. ATLian, uh, uh, you know, he does the ATLian shirts. Yes. He does a lot of art. Uh, does BMX. Awesome dude, 50 years old. I'm yeah. not sure if people know that, but like he, su- he looks super young. He influences the youth. Great guy. And I reached out to him and he was 100% down, man. And I was just like, yo, let's let's fucking do it. Mm. So we we doing like a special run. I'm getting them made right now as we speak. Um, thinking about delivering them personally on some baker shit. Ooh. Put them in a donut box. That's how I've been pulling up on people. With the, um, the merch in a donut I box. I put the merch in this a donut guy's box. Like, this guy's like my best friend when it comes to like just marketing and like thinking through the experience, yeah. man. People overlook that shit, man. Uh, they don't get it that so like fun. delivering the shirt in a fucking donut box can make it something that they talk about forever. That's the difference between getting a shirt in the mail that you may or may not wear and then like opening your door and there's a guy with a donut box with a shirt in it and you're like, this is a weird situation. I'm always going to remember this. Yeah, I pulled up on these guys that I never met before, like personally, but they're like, yo, you're my favorite rapper. Yo, will you pull up here? Because I was doing deliveries and drop-offs and stuff. And I was having fun doing it. It was uh, last winter. And um, I happened to be on the block like indicator, you know what I'm saying? He's just like, y'all understand, like my neighborhood's a little rough. And I was like, my parents live like seven minutes down the street, bro. And I pulled up and they couldn't believe it. Yeah. They're like, yo, See? you on the fucking block right now with the donut and da, da, da. And I was just like, yeah, man. Like, yeah, there's love, man. Like, you're turning fans into super fans. I think that's one of the reasons you're streaming well, man. It's like people underestimate, oh, you already follow me on Instagram and you like my posts. Cool. Now I can ignore you and just try and get new people. Nah. Like, you- no, how do we take these people from like casual Instagram post likers to like, this is my favorite artist. I'm ordering a shirt in a donut box. Oh yeah, man. And it goes both ways, man. Like people who reach out to me and say, oh, I love this. Or they buy merch and stuff. I usually know a little bit about their life story. They marry, they not marry, they divorce, they have two kids, they live here because we have real conversations. It's not just... Hey, I like your music. Appreciate it, man. See, and we fucking keep this it going. This guy fucking dog. gets it, man. Gets yo, it. yo, we might have to have you on for like a whole other marketing, Episode. like, yeah, because I mean, this is shit that you and I talk about all the time, all the time. man. It's like, yo, do not be afraid, like hand to hand combat, so to speak, in the DMs with people. Like, look at their page, say something genuine about what the fuck they're doing. Like, Give a fuck. Yeah, like literally care Give a fuck. If you Give expect, one fuck. if you expect them one. to care about you you have to at least assume that you might should care about them. It's Once again, Drake can't care about all of his fans. No. I get it. When and you get to it, a certain point, I get it. But there's no fucking excuse when you are an emerging artist. And Drake said that, which is funny. He said, yo, the best time in my career has passed. The, the greatest time of being an artist is artist discovery when people were discovering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And that's when he was having the, you know, those five, the ones 10, that actually 15,000, and he, he could actually reach out to them and touch them. Drake can't touch anybody now. This motherfucker, I went to his show. It's just like everybody to him is a fucking spectacle. Yeah. Is an ant. He's in an arena. He's yeah. selling out. He's selling out State Farm Arena three nights in a row. You can barely There's, see the iPhone uh, you can't flash. See shit, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, that's really important, man. And I don't. And I don't see it from a marketing standpoint. I see it from a genuine. Hey, you took time out of your day to to fuck with me and spend your hard earned money with me. The least I could do is pull up on you and talk to you and have a conversation. Mm. And Chilio was on that too. Actually, I, I linked up with him before we did the the um, collab. Because Chilio is like, I think he's one of those vibey guys. It's just like, yo, if he can't vibe with you in person, he's not going to work with mm -hmm. you. Yeah. So we we kicked it. It was the day after his birthday. Um, and uh, we were just talking. And he was like, I still believe in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Like yeah. Like you said. And this guy is a 50-year-old man who has already proven himself in the scene. He has nothing left to prove artistically and he's still touching the people. Yeah, he that, didn't need to he didn't have to meet to you. That. He didn't have to meet he, with he you. He doesn't have to meet me and he doesn't have to deliver he still hand to hand yeah. delivers his shirts. That's crazy. And I was like, "Bro, you're just what what is say?" That's crazy. <laughs> the best type of marketing is when it doesn't feel like marketing. No, for name. sure. I, I just more mean if people can't get it from just being a fucking human, then at least be like, oh, this is probably good for my career. At least try. Like, you know what I mean? Like, of course, I'd love, I'd, love, I'd love people to just understand that it's fucking obvious, but yeah. they don't. So then I'm like, okay, at least put yourself in the shoes of like, this probably makes sense from like a me trying to make this as a career. You these know what I mean? these people are, are paying your bills. Yeah. And I understood so that. So at least early. pretend to care. Like, like, pretend. Jesus at least pretend. I, I learned this from my dad. Anytime somebody will come into the restaurant or, and not complain, but be like, yo, like, can you remake this? Or, you know, they give you a hard time. He's just like, yo, of course the customer's always right. But at the end of the day, they pay the bill. You live in, in my household and they pay your bills. Yeah. So it, it's a service. Yep. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and as artists, we like to think that we're above our audience. There, we're, we're actually, it's a, it's, a, it's a service job almost. 100%. It's, it's, it's yeah. entertainment. It's a service job. Yeah. You're making people feel good. You're entertaining people. And you really need to come, I don't want to say come down to the level. You just got to be at eye level with. At their level. At their level. Yeah. And I think they, you know, people get to mis misconstrue because just even the way stages are set up, they're set up, they're set up they're higher, higher than the audience. Yeah. But it puts you on a pedestal. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't think that way, man. And, I know I'm in a in a in amazing position. Uh, I know it's divine. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, it, hard work and stuff plays into it. But like, things things don't have to be this good. And I always think like, oh, yo, it needs to be better. But you got to stop yourself and be like, look how much growth you've made. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just kind of just be grateful for where you're at. Yep. Speaking of where we're at, Henry. I think uh -oh. we're at uh -oh. the final segment of the One More Time podcast. It's everyone's favorite. Everyone's it's favorite. It's going to be Faye's favorite. I can already tell. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. This is, what is it, Henry? This is called the Rapid Fire Rampage. Rampage! Basically, what we're going to do here, Mr. Faye, it's a three-part rampage. I'm going to fire some short answer questions. Just ask you a question. Give me an answer back. Second part is going to be a this or that. I'll give you two choices and pick one. Third part is just be a word association. I'll give you one word. You give me one word back. And I'll re-explain that as we go, because that's a little okay. overwhelming for a lot of people. To okay. He has a great memory, though, yeah. remember. He does have a great memory, so we'll see. Yep. 
Here we go. One more time podcast. Faye, rapid fire rampage initiate. On the comedy aspect, give us one of your favorite comedians. Dave Chappelle. My number one, by the way. I was gonna Thank say when know. I was when I was younger, I really fucked with Adam Sandler, bro. Me too, <laughs> man. You just got our two favorites. Yeah, yo, Adam Sandler, bro. You talking about Happy Gilmore, Gilmore. Bro, Big, Daddy, Daddy, Big Daddy, and Billy Happy Madison. Gilmore. Come on, man. man. Eight, even eight, even um, I went to eight crazy. Uh, eight, crazy eight crazy nights. Eight yeah. crazy nights, man. Me and me and my pops. I, I'm dragging my pops to watch a Hanukkah movie. I'm Muslim and shit, and it's <laughs> just like great. He's just, my man. It's awesome, man. The, he he's. I know on Rotten Tomatoes he gets like they be shitty flaming him. Shitting on yeah. him. How about Uncut Gems, real quick though? Yeah, serious. But, but we're talking early yeah, comedic well, Adam Sandler. So I'm gonna say Adam Sandler, but but Dave Chappelle from the stand up aspect, nobody's better. I literally 100%. did a Scuba Steve, uh, like you know, Scuba Steve. Like, damn you. No one knew what I was talking about, but it was incredible. You're talking about from Big Daddy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Give give us. In your opinion, the most important aspects of a good live show for with rap, don't have your track playing, okay? On just the, the beat, uh, yeah, just the beat. Maybe for the hook, you know. Yeah. But people want to are there to see you rap. Yeah. Level with you're not better than your audience. Level with them. Read the crowd. If it's intimate, bring everybody in. You know what I'm saying? Don't be too big for the moment. Um, and just kind of eye contact. Mm. Eye contact is huge, mm. and not just you know. I know a lot of people say, "Yo, you know, when you're public speaking, you kind of look in the triangle and stuff like that. Look into people's fucking soul because mm. they could test that. And like you know how like how how animals could uh, could sense fear. Mm-hmm. Your audience will know if you're scared up there, and they'll know if you're demanding attention. And it makes them feel uncomfortable. Exactly. If they think you're uncomfortable. You're a leader. Yeah. You got to be up there and you got to lead. That's right. Yep. Give us one of your favorite hobbies to get away from music. Oh, um, it used to be smoking hookah. <laughs> and I've been like a month sober from hookah. You know what I'm saying? But uh, Stone Mountain. Hiking. Hiking is fucking tight. Love and it. swimming is tight too. Yeah. Love swimming. And going to Playa Bowl. You ever had a acai bowl from Playa Bowl? No. I've, been li- I've been living a Caucasian lifestyle recently, <laughs> I was man. Say, was- <laughs> acai, acai bowl, like, whoa, I was like, whatever. you looked at us like, y'all are white. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, you feel like, me, right? No. But like, <laughs> I was like, no, I have no idea what nope. you're talking Whole about. Whole Foods, the... I don't shop there, nope. Uh, pumpkin spice lattes, <laughs> no? Nah. Some of that quinoa, you know. Quinoa, <laughs> yeah. Upbeat. Type of shit. We'd be going to upbeat and shit, this quinoa. You might be whiter than us. I do not I'm go be- to Kale <laughs> Me Crazy, okay? You don't? No, I don't. Fuck, Con- man. Contrary to popular belief of my skin tone, but... Okay, I'm the food tip. On the food tip, you can only eat one meal for the rest of your life. What is it? Oh my God, bro. We're asking the tough questions on the One More Time podcast. Fuck. Like one meal. Or you could take it as uh, you're, you're on death row and, and they this ask your you last for your last meal. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's tough because I've been eating a lot of healthy shit. Recently, and it's just not that good. Maybe this the shrimp tacos from uh, El, El Rey del Taco. Ooh, mm. I don't know if you've ever had them. Yes. Shit's is fucking. I know shrimp tacos are tough for me. So yeah, I'm I can do that. Okay, you've been given a giraffe. You can't give it away or sell it. What do you do with it? I'm gonna ride that shit into the city, bro. Sounds like an epic music video. With the fucking, with the Glock 40 on me, dog. (laughs) 
<laughs> Straight up. If you were a plant, what would you be? I'd be a fiddly fig. <laughs> I don't that know what that so is. That was so quick. <laughs> sounds hilarious. Fig, He's man, thought about that one before. I'm going to Google fiddly fig. My, my wife got a fiddly fig at the crib, and it's apparently like a super stubborn plant. That should just be dying, dog. And we'd be <laughs> trying to feed it. It's just super specific. It's a... What what is it? It has um resilience? Not resilience, it's super needy. Oh, it's like high maintenance. High maintenance. Mm. It needs like 30% sunlight, like fucking from a 40 degree angle. It's you really gotta read about them. So So that's you? That's why I be because that's an elegant plant. But the shit at at the crib is dead. (laughs) Damn. R.I.P. What is to the fiddly fig? (laughs) (laughs) What is your dream superpower? Probably teleportation, man, because mm. I hate I hate traveling. Traffic, too. I hate tra- tra- uh, traffic, <laughs> and I hate traveling. Like it's just like anybody's like, "Yo, pull up, pull up to this spot," <laughs> and it's just like, "Oh man, like I gotta fucking book the ticket, pack the bag, yeah. wait in line, TSA, ride the plane, mm. land." It's just like, "Yo, if I could teleport, boom, I'm there." On a scale of one to ten, how weird do you think you are? I'm up there, man. I'm up there. Give it a number. Probably a nine. Nine? Yeah. Like nah. What'd you think? Two. Two? A two? Everybody's weird. Everybody the got their gallery. little glitches, man. Everybody got glitches. <laughs> if you so. hang out with them long enough, totally. you could realize like, yo, we're all kind of not okay. Uh, <laughs> and weird can be good. You know? Yeah. That's why I like seeing the interpretation of it. We, we all have kind of these glitches. Yeah. I would say, he says two, knowing myself, maybe a six or seven. Okay. That'll do. First part of the rapid fire rampage. <laughs> You're doing great Fantastic. so far, Faye. Nice. Great you're job on, so far. You're on to part two. You've made it. Let's get it. Part two is the this or that. I'm just going to give you two choices. Pick the one that gravitates to you. Cool. So here we go. Writing or freestyling? Writing. Boxers or briefs? Briefs. Instagram or TikTok? Instagram. Entree or dessert? Entree. Fish or reptiles? Fish. On stage or in the studio? On stage. Crushed ice or cubed? Cubed. Singles or a project? Project. Day or night? Day. California or New York? New York. Chocolate or vanilla? I love the chocolate. What a part two. Crush that one. Last part of the rapid fire rampage. It's the word association. I'm going to give you one word. Fire off the first thing in your mind. It comes back at you. Here we go. Piano. Elton John. Jeep. Big body. Anxiety. Me. (laughs) Sports. Basketball. Bitcoin. The one. True. Microphone. Penis. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm uncomfortable with the way I talk. Talk right yeah. into it. We really, I really real, set you up for that one. Now, yeah, you got me real back. close to it. Henry. You got me back. You know, I like okay. do like rappers be like, "Oh, singing to she could sing into the microphone." It's just one of those situations. <laughs> okay. Now it's Henry into the microphone. Yeah, great. We all have a mic, guys. Yeah. Earth. Green. PlayStation. Five. 
Label. Weak. Danger. Imagination. Lil. Baby. Politics. Same team. Kalechi. Lesbian. <laughs> what a rampage. What a rampage, folks. <laughs> what, what an episode. We managed of the to get lesbian podcast. and penis in there in the end. Fantastic. That part three uh, needs to be censored. Yo, Kalechi, man. God forgive me. <laughs> big, big time, big time. I did bro. say you wasn't thinking that though. You fucking liar, bro. He we, said we joke. Uh, we joke with Kalechi all the time that he's just a he's just a big lesbian man, <laughs> a big lesbian mule. He's just a big, big old. Kalechi, I don't feel that way. But folks, this has been another episode of the One More Time Podcast. I've been your host, Playback Van, here with my co-host Henry with a three. Henry with a three. We've had Mister Fay on here. Go stream Bake Sale. Go stream Mama. Go cop some merch. Show up to the next pop-up. This dude is an incredible artist. He's working. With an incredible rollout, and the Thank deluxe is coming soon, so everyone stay tuned. And until next week, we are... Out of here. We out. Bye-bye. Thank y'all, man. Thank y'all. Pop that shit like one more time. Pop that one more time. Pop that shit like one more time. Pop that one more time. Oh. Hop up in a foreign skirt. No. Oh, the homie, this shit tripping off. Oh. Middle finger to the law